And our theme is Precious Jesus for 2023, and it's an opportunity to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and ask ourselves, He is precious to the believer. We saw last Sunday morning, He is precious to the believer. But the better we get to know Jesus and the longer we walk with God in our life, He is more and more precious every day. He's precious to the church. He's the head of the church. He's the one cornerstone of the church. He's precious to the Father. He's the only begotten of the Father. He's elect. But for us, is he our really best friend day to day? Now, he is precious. Without him, there's no way to be saved. There's no hope in this life. But is he precious day by day? I love that song. Love that song. We'll have to all learn that together as the months go by. What a great song for this year. In your Bible this morning and in your notes, we just read the next three verses. We looked at the first two verses last Sunday night, and tonight we'll look at verses 6 through 9. Come back tonight. We'll learn what the Bible says about temptations and trials. We started this thought on Wednesday. But this morning, I read, we read together three verses that are so full of doctrine and so full of teaching. I like, I saw a couple of hands raised while we were just singing. And when I read these three verses, I just want to lift a hand for every little phrase. Look at it again. So we're really going to walk away this morning with an understanding of these verses. By God's grace, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We'll pause there. This morning, the title is Precious Jesus, Our Living Hope. When it says lively hope, that's what that means. Our hope is living. You know, a lot of people hope in something to come, or hope is an earnest expectation. It's what they can reasonably expect to have come to pass. They'll hope in different things in life. I hope to retire one day. How many of you hope to retire? Maybe until last year, you were looking at your stocks, maybe not so much anymore. Uh, maybe it'll turn around here in a few years, I, I don't know, we'll see. But I hope to one day live in Florida. How many of you are like that? No, you're all gotta stay right here in sweet, sunny Ohio. It's basically Florida outside. Have you seen the sunshine today? It's sunshine, amen, right? April, April brought spring early. And it's a, you know, you have hope in different things maybe in the future. But all of those things, for example, the things I just mentioned are all just temporary things. If you get there one day, uh, they're not going to be permanent for you. We put an offer in on a house for different reasons. It didn't work out. Somebody else had it this week. And so we were on, we were in roller coaster. We talked about roller coasters and choir, manual roller coaster. We found the perfect house. Oh, we negotiated. They accepted our offer, texting family. And then it was contingent. The other buyer came up with the money and oh, crash down. And, and you know, but whatever. If we got that, you know, and, and I texted just to be funny, a family member. I said, naked came I forth from my mother's womb. Naked will I return. Like Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. She said, okay, that's weird, but okay. Okay, and, and, you know, but whatever, whatever, whatever God gives me, uh, God will see fit at the end of this life. Um, it'll just pass to my heirs. Eventually, this earth will, will burn. Or there'll be a new heavens and a new earth, you know, so we don't need to get really tore up or too worried about things and, and hope in something that's not going to be permanent. You can look forward to things. You should always have something you're kind of looking forward to. That's a good way to live. But only what's reserved in heaven, only the Lord Jesus Christ, that's permanent. Jesus is our lively hope. That's what it says here in verse number three. He's our living hope. I serve a God who's alive today. And because of that, I have a living hope, something permanent, something eternal, not something temporary. And that can give me joy. 
That can give me great rejoicing. This morning, I want you to see in terms of our living hope, number one, if you like to take notes, fill in the blank, our living hope of eternal life, of eternal life. Verse number three says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I was talking about a second ago, how you just raise your hand sometimes and praise to the Lord because this is, is kind of a greeting. It is a greeting. A lot of the epistles start this way, bless the Lord. But you know what bless, bless the Lord means? That means praise the Lord. And so what follows in this verse, now with that in mind, blessed, praise God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, we're talking about God's mercy, hath begotten us again, we're born again into God's family, unto a lively hope. We've got a living hope waiting for us, looking out ahead for us. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, Jesus is alive. Of course he's going to say, bless the Lord. There's a lot to be excited about. Now listen, if you're a Christian, don't take this the wrong way, but if you're a Christian and you're grumpy, you're doing it wrong. That is not the intent, okay? When you understand what, what has happened for you and what you have to look forward to, there's not enough days left to be grumpy. There's just not to be critical, to be uh, uh, bickering, to be argumentative, to be uh, 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 unhappy about your salvation. Bless the Lord. One of my, well, actually, my most listened to song, there's a, a, a music service I listen to, Apple Music, and it shows you your most listened to music for that year. Number one for 2022 was Bless His Holy Name. And I can imagine I listened to that song maybe a billion times on the road, and everybody coming this way thought I was waving to them, but I wasn't. I was just praising the Lord, one hand driving, maybe, maybe knees driving with two hands. Bless his holy name. I listened to a song yesterday, and it, I, I think that Michael turned me on to this song. It seems as if eternal days are not enough to sing God's praise. And that's what happens when somebody gets close to the Lord. You can't hear a song without getting a blessing. Psalm 103, turn to Psalm 103. Let's get a blessing here. Psalm 103, that bless his holy name statement comes from the Bible. Psalm 103, bless the Lord. Psalm 103, verse 1. Let's just worship the Lord for a second here. Psalm 103, verse number 1. I like a song, that song the choir sang a minute ago. I like a song that makes you just want to say, praise the Lord, makes you raise a hand and praise to God. It can be a fast song, a slow song, but a song with some guts to it, some meaning. You know what I mean? Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin. Come on now. Wretched, poor, lost, and lonely within. By the way, that was all of us. If you think you, you had it pretty good before Christ came along, you don't really understand. We had nothing, but it was according to his abundant mercy. But then, praise God, now I'm a child of the king. Like the choir said, his royal blood now flows in my veins. I, who was wretched and poor, now can sing, praise God, praise God, bless the Lord. I'm a child of the king? How is that possible? Only by the abundant mercy of the Lord. Psalm 103, look at this. Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. There it is. That's a man who's been with God. That's a man who has tested God. That's a man who's, uh, David, who's received trials and God has sustained him through them. All he can say is, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfiest thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. 
The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. He's saying, it's not just me God's good to. He's good all the time. He's good to everybody who is with him. He made known his way. Uh, the Lord is merciful and gracious. Boy, that's true. Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Boy, bless his holy name. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad you don't get rewarded according to your sins? None of us would have anything good, that's for sure, nor anything to look forward to in the future. For as the heaven is high above the earth, verse 11, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Can't even be comprehended. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust, as for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. You understand that the word everlasting means it has no beginning or end, okay? So it's from everlasting to everlasting. The mercy of the Lord is boundless. There is no beginning or end. It's plentiful upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And as Paul sits down under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God telling him what to write, he starts to write, or Peter, excuse me, you can flip back to Peter, uh, as, as Peter, uh, the elder elderly apostle now at this point is writing, he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, abundant mercy hath begotten us again. If you're saved this morning, it's only by the mercy of God, only by the mercy of God, abundant mercy. Now you can say amen and you should say amen, but in your heart, only you realize maybe how much mercy it took to save you. And it took a lot, didn't it? Nobody knows how bad a sinner they are except you, right? Except the individual. And, and the Lord saw fit, not because of you, of course, but to save you, that's abundant mercy. He, he sent his son to die for you, uh, knowing all that you'd ever did, all that, all that you would ever do in this life. And he still loved you so much, he sent his son to die for you. Whoa. That's abundant mercy. He, and, and it's by, only by mercy that he hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. What does that mean? That means being born again. That's what begotten means to be born. And if you're saved this morning, you have been born again. There should be a time where you can go back in your life. When your life changed, you remember you were dead in your sins. You were under the wrath of God, but then you got saved. You trusted in Christ. You asked him to save you by faith, and then you were born again. Nicodemus, the Jewish ruler, came to Jesus by night, and he said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And that's what everybody asks. What do I got to do to get saved? There's got to be something. I want to be right with God. Everybody wants to be right with God. What do I have to do? What are the works I need to do? Do I need to go to church three times a week? Do I need to add Sunday school? Do I need to make sure I give more than my tithe? Do I need to make sure I do one good deed a day? At the end of my life, do my good deeds need to outweigh my bad deeds? What do I need to do? What's the thing I got to do? And Jesus said, you must be born again. That's what he said. You've got to be born again. 
Not you gotta do all these things, you gotta fast off, all that. You have to be born again. He said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Everybody is born of water. You gotta be born of water. That's just the physical birth. That's what Jesus said. You can read that in John 3. But you must be born of the Spirit in order to have eternal life. How do you do that? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And how is that possible? How is it possible that all we gotta do is believe and we can be saved? That's amazing. The abundant mercy of God. Bless his holy name. Look at the rest of verse three. Unto a lively hope. So now that we're born again, we've got a lively hope. Well, how is that? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How do we have a living hope? Because we have a living savior. Jesus is alive today. Can I get an amen right there? Come on now. Every day is Easter Sunday for us. We're only here because Jesus is alive. Only have hope because Jesus is alive. We are born again. We have new life in Christ because Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus is alive today. He's a precious Jesus. He gives us a living, a lively hope. Sing it with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. The hour I first believed when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun praise God Praise God, 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 praise God. Praise God. 
Boy, God is good to us. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. If any of you just got nervous with the uplifted hands, I refer you to some verses there in Psalms, okay? We're not going Pentecostal if that makes you nervous, but we're, you know, if praise makes you nervous, we're, you're going to be nervous in heaven. There's a lot of singing going on in heaven. It's pretty much, there's no time in heaven, but 24-7, they're around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory. Thou was slain. That was, oh, come on now. Praise is comely, the Bible says. The Lord inhabiteth the praise of Israel, the Bible says. God liked what he just heard, and he is worthy. Only he is worthy of praise. Bless the Lord. Number two, number two, I want you to see our living hope of an eternal inheritance, an eternal inheritance. Now, check this out. Now, if you've ever gotten an inheritance from a loved one, then you know what I was already talking about, how whatever you lay up, that's going to eventually pass on to somebody else and then pass away. But what we are working towards, what we're, we're not working to, to earn it one day, but we're look, our lively hope, our living hope, our sure hope, we're looking forward to an eternal inheritance. Look what he says here. <clears throat> to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now you might ask, what is that inheritance? Well, right away, we know that it's eternal life, but it's so much more than that. As you read the Bible, what we have to look forward to, we have a home in heaven where there'll be no pain. There'll be no sickness. God will wipe away the tears from our eyes. There'll be no aging. There will be no doctor's visits. There'll be no urgent prayer requests. Listen to this. And I'll talk about this tonight. Look at verse number nine, receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls. You know what that means? That means that there'll be no need to walk by faith anymore. It'll be sight. We'll be able to look the Lord Jesus Christ in his face. We'll be able to behold the wonder and majesty of the Father on his throne there with a sea of emerald and glass around him with a rainbow above him like it's described in Revelation. It will all be clear. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. That's part of our inheritance. We will rule and reign with him. We'll have a, a function in that millennial kingdom. There's so much. There'll be rewards for us Christians at the judgment seat of Christ for what we've done for the Lord. Hey, nothing you do is unnoticed when you do it for the Lord in the name of Jesus. Nothing. Now, I might not notice. Somebody else might not appreciate you, and you might feel a little bad about that, but remind yourself, remind yourself that Jesus sees and there will be reward someday for every single thing. Bless his holy name. So we're looking forward to an inheritance. That's certain. It is, look again, incorruptible. And I put some definitions there in your notes to help us as uh, we can take it away. It means it cannot perish. It does not age. It does not deteriorate or die. It's undefiled. That means that it cannot be polluted or defiled, dirtied or infected. Have you looked at interest rates? Man, where does your money go? You put some money in the bank and it's gone. It's just, it doesn't, it's not worth anything anymore. And you might buy some real estate and then the taxes go up and you can't make the bill or you might have invested your money into cryptocurrency and now you are literally homeless because it's worth nothing. I don't know, whatever. You, you might bet all your money. You shouldn't do that. But on the big game and then the big game, they choke or something. And and where, oh, it just goes away. All these things, uh, labor not to be rich. Riches make themselves wings. The Bible says in Proverbs, fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Boy, that's sure true, right? But what you do for the Lord, that's permanent. That's in a safety deposit box nobody can touch. There's interest coming and that fadeth not away. It's gonna last forever and ever reserved 
in heaven for you. You know what I like sometimes if I have a reservation for a restaurant, I like to go in there and I say, Stancil party of two. And there's all these jokers waiting in the waiting room and they wish they'd called ahead. They wish they'd made that Valentine's Day reservation. You should probably make those today, gentlemen, by the way, for the right restaurant. And, and you walk in, you say, Stancil party of two. And, and they just march you right there to your table. Aren't you glad that you looked ahead and you planned ahead? Well, right now, you're gonna wish one day that right now you would have done more for Jesus. But right now, you can make that reservation, that inheritance. You can lay up more treasures. You can, uh, where, where moth and rust does not corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal, where the interest rate un, it does not affect it. It's ineffective up there. Crowns of glory, crown of righteousness, crowns to throw back at his feet. That's what we are looking forward to. Man, that is awesome. And who is all that reserved for? It is for those who have received the mercy of God, been born again, trusting the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now think about this. Wouldn't it be enough? Wouldn't it just be enough if God had created this beautiful world, given us life, and then sent his son to die for our sins? What in the world? that we could have eternal life. I mean, wouldn't that be enough? He, he wouldn't have to do one more thing for me and he would still deserve praise for it just because of who he is. But then on top of that, what he's done for me. And yet he says, everything you do for me, you will be rewarded for it. Isn't that unbelievable? That's the mercy of God. That is the grace of God. Bless the Lord. Finally, number three this morning, look at our living hope of eternal preservation. Now, maybe there have been times in your life when, uh, as a Christian, you have had a bad day. Anybody ever have a bad day? You ever have? Just a couple of us. Okay, well, I'm with you. We'll call each other and lean on one another. Uh, you have a bad day. Um, you have a good day, a bad day we talked about a second ago. And there might be a bad day spiritually, and, and there will be. You know, uh, don't feel bad. I mean, not excusing sin, but there's nobody who never has a bad day spiritually. They think a bad thought about somebody, and uh, they, they didn't get their nap that afternoon, and now somebody cuts them off in traffic, and they lose their testimony a little bit. And, and, or you might uh, lose some faith. You might doubt God a little bit when he does something for you and he allows something in your life. And there might be a time when you say, is this whole business even real? And don't raise your hand, but I bet everybody in here at some point has said, is this even worth it? Is this selfless life lived for the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it even worth it? You know, if I did what I wanted to do, I could have made more money. I could have had a more comfortable life. Is God even caring about me if there is a God? Why would he allow this in my life? And, and maybe you would say, I know I'm saved, but I don't feel saved. Well, I want to encourage you today that just like you don't save yourself, you also don't keep yourself saved. Isn't that great? Look at verse number five who are kept, so you, end of verse four, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. Well, that's a load off, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Because I still, while I'm free from that, that power of sin, the penalty of sin, I'm not going to hell, praise the Lord, because Jesus saved me. I know that. I know I have that eternal inheritance in heaven. And I know that because of the Holy Spirit living within me and the grace of God upon me, I don't have to be there for the power of sin. I don't have to give in. The chains of addiction are freed because of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life, the Holy Spirit within me. So I'm saved from the penalty of sin. I'm saved from the power of sin, but I'm not saved from the presence of sin. And I'm still walking around with that flesh. I like to describe it this way. If you ever cut a chicken's head off, 
that chicken's body still flops around a little bit, doesn't it? Well, there's, that chicken's dead. Uh, and the old man for me is dead. The new life in Christ I have. But sometimes this old body flops around a little bit, okay? That sin is still around. That presence of sin, the temptations in this world. That's why you got to constantly be with the Lord in prayer and be humble and yielding to the Holy Spirit in, in the word of God. Uh, but here's what's encouraging. That one day when I've got a bad day, when you've got a bad day and you say, I don't feel saved anymore. Just like you didn't get yourself saved, you don't keep yourself saved. You are kept by the power of God. The power of God saves you. The power of God keeps you. Praise God. You can't get yourself out of that father's hand. Jesus said you're put right there in the middle of the father's hand. The father's hand clutches tightly over you. And he says, no man can pluck him out of the father's hand. That means no man, no lady, no boy, no girl, nobody, not even you. Once you're saved, you are born again. You can't get unborn. Impossible. Once born, you're born. You're in the family of God and praise the Lord for that who are kept by the power of God through faith. Now, just to remind us, it's not because of us. It's just through our surrender by faith unto salvation. Now, what does that mean? That's just what I described a second ago, the salvation where you drop the presence of sin. One day, now, that doesn't mean like you're working to get saved. You, you're saved right now, but one day it will be complete. That's the end of our salvation from verse number nine. It means that one day we'll have a glorified body, We'll have a new body, and we won't deal with that temptation of sin, that old sin nature anymore. Uh, we won't deal also with the sickness, all of that. Then the salvation, the total, everything that's coming to us, that is, uh, the, the rescue will be complete through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. As I introduced First Peter last Sunday night, he talks a lot about the second coming and a lot about suffering. And why is that? Because when you go through suffering, if you remember that it is only temporary, it is only temporary, and soon and very soon we'll see Jesus one day, that's very encouraging, isn't it? Jesus is keeping track. He's seeing what you're doing, not to punish you, but it rewards judgment. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Your, your sins have all been forgiven, all forgiven. They won't ever be brought up again. But those things you do for the Lord, the judgment seat of Christ, he's seeing, he's looking. And one day, all of that, everything that you're just trusting by faith for now, that inheritance that you've not seen, Jesus Christ, which is later in this, uh, in verse number eight, Jesus, whom you've not seen, but you love, and you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, that will all be revealed in the last time. Bless his holy name. There's a lot to bless the Lord for this morning. There's a lot to be thankful for. But I want to ask you here this morning, maybe something I've said has made you think, I wonder if I even have, do I have that inheritance? Am I born again? Do you remember the time when your life changed? When you asked Jesus by faith to save you, not just a, a little prayer, but from your heart, you said, Lord, I know you died for me, rose again, and I'm trusting in you and you alone to save me, and you were born again into the family of God. If, if not, let me encourage you in an urgent way that wherever you see this matter brought up in the Bible, it is never described as for another day. In other words, Jesus says, now's the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Why is that? Because you're not guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed this afternoon, but you have right now. And if you're not saved this morning in just a second, I'll have heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Shirley, you can make your way to the piano if you would. And, and I'm going to ask you a question. I'll ask you if you're saved. And if no, I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you. And then I would ask you this. If you would be willing to come forward, somebody would take you right there to that room, show you from the Bible how you can be saved. 
man with a man, lady with a lady. Brother Shag, if you miss Sonia, be ready and to show somebody how to be saved. That's the most important thing in the world. You say, I'll be embarrassed. <laughs> I don't have to tell you how embarrassing it will be and how regretful it will be if you stand before the Lord not having gotten saved in this life. You'll eternally regret that. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would, please.